Hey everyone, and welcome back to Country Music Made Me. Thank you so much for joining us once again. If you haven't already, please be sure to check out our website, countrymusicmademe.com. There you can listen to all of our episodes and also sign up for our newsletter to receive exclusive content and to stay up to date on future guests. Just head over to countrymusicmademe.com and hit that subscribe button. You can also find us on any streaming platform. So if streaming is your thing, just head over to your favorite, search Country Music Made Me, and give us a follow there as well. Today, we are excited to welcome country music newcomer Grant Gilbert. Now, he was raised on a healthy dose of Texas-inspired country music, and along the way, he followed music as a hobby, began playing shows in high school at local venues, and then went off to Texas Tech University in Lubbock and continued to sort of follow music as a hobby, playing shows whenever he could, and then a show on his 21st birthday at the Blue Light, well, it really changed everything. It's when he began to chase music as more of a career. Since that time, he has released two EPs and he just released his latest single, She Goes Home, AKA the Dirty Breakup Song. So please enjoy our conversation with Grant Gilbert. How's your day? What do uh, what do days look like for a young musician? Uh, days for me, they are uh, wake up, check the phone, emails, check emails, and then they go to a riot. Most days, what it, what it normally consists of. Okay, so. and how far are you traveling? Like it feels like your tour dates are kind of spread out at the moment, mm-hmm. and you're kind of going here and there. So, is there a lot of time traveling around? right now oh yeah i mean it's a lot of time on the road we were we played in lexington kentucky a few weeks ago i'm in texas a lot of the time i'm i'm in texas half the time in nashville the other half and uh i mean it was a 27 hour van ride the other day (laughs) oh wow lexington to texas it was long so lots of travel time lots of time on a plane or a van wow the way it is geez and in the van do you does one of the band members drive or do you kind of switch off on drives like that we all switch off like we just take turns i mean you'll do your six hour shift and then uh you'll hop in the back and get on the ipad and watch ozark for a couple hours you know <laughs> and then try to sleep you know so but it's oh, been good man. that's awesome well i want to get into the new music of course but on country music made me we're really focused on the journey of an artist and going back to the beginning and following that journey all the way along. And I mean, for you, you're still young, so your journey hasn't been super long quite yet. But mm-hmm. from what I discovered, it's been an eventful one so far. Anyways, it's been very eventful. It's had its ups and downs already, but uh, it's it's enough right now. So I hope we hope we can keep it going. Yeah, that's awesome. And now take me back to your childhood and paint me a picture of life, because I think I saw it mentioned that you grew up on a 1000 acre farm. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I live in a, it's right in between Lapan and Santo, Texas, and it's just a small town. I mean, town has no more than 300 people. We just got a dollar general couple like last year. We're pretty excited about that. But yeah, I grew up on a farm. We got a bunch of cows and hay and uh, just feeding cows and sitting on a tractor and helping my dad fixing fence and doing whatever, whatever needs to be done out here. There's always something to do. If you're sitting around, you're something, there's something that could be done, you know? So is that where you are right now? 
Mm-hmm. That's where I am right now. We're playing a lot of Texas dates during March. I think we're playing like 12 or 13 dates in Texas this month. So uh, I'm going to stay here till the end of the month and head back to Nashville for a couple weeks. Going to try and write and try and get some new music ready. We got new music ready, but go ahead and stay ahead of the new music coming out is, is the plan. Yeah, yeah, so. exactly. That's awesome. And so 1,000 acres, what does that look like? Like how close are your nearest neighbors? That feels like a lot of land. <laughs> I mean, so there's like the main half, the main part where that we live on and then about two, three miles down the road is the other half. But, uh, I mean, the closest neighbors probably almost a mile away. You look out and you don't <laughs> see anybody. You don't see any neighbors or anything. I mean, uh, it's not too far off the road, but it's, it's in the sticks. You got to know what you're looking for to find it. So, wow. But I like, I like it that way. And then I go back to Nashville and then, uh, I'm kind of living in town. It's, it's a good, it's a good change to go back and forth. Good change of pace. I enjoy it. Yeah, that's got to be interesting. I mean, you moved to Lubbock, Texas to go to college. So you had sort of the the bigger city living then. But I mean, Mm -hmm. that's quite a change going from your home in Texas to the busyness of Nashville. So does it take you a day or Mm -hmm. two to sort of get into the Nashville state of mind once you get there? When I get back? Yeah, it definitely does. I mean, I'm used to there's zero traffic around here. There's none. And then uh, Nashville, you'll go three miles and it'll take you 30 minutes. I'm like, that's a two minute drive around here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, it's just different, but I love it. And uh, about the time I get, sometimes I'll just get kind of antsy and ready to do something when we're not on the road here and we'll go to Nashville. And, and then by the time that's all said and done, I'm ready to get back here and slow down. So just a good, good balance. And that upbringing, talk to me about the music side of the upbringing because I think I saw that relatives in the family were fiddle players yeah well I'm I grew up a lot on kind of western swing and Texas dance hall music I mean all the way from like Johnny Bush to Bob Wills and then on up to the Pat Greens and uh that's what I grew up on and I had a had some family members some cousins that grew up playing fiddle I think I think they're like they were called like the white crust doughboys or something I'm not sure (laughs) but uh that's how uh that's how my family was kind of into music and then and then my dad we'd just drive around feeding cows and listening to the the country legends radio station and and I learned pretty much every song I could on the guitar and started playing started playing gigs and playing every cover song I could think of and then tried to start writing songs. And it's kind of been a big influence. Now, what's one of your first musical memories? Is it with say your cousins playing music or is it more from around the farm, just listening to it with your dad while you're driving around? Definitely just listening to it with my dad and my mom, just driving around in a pickup and, and just listen to those like the Merle Haggards, but also like the Pat Greens and the Jerry Jeff Walkers. Like Jerry Jeff Walker at Green Hall, which Green Hall is a uh, like a legendary dance hall in these down here in Texas. And uh, yeah. that was my first concert was Jerry Jeff Walker and Rusty Weir at Green Hall. And my mom at that concert bought me a songbook to learn all the Jerry Jeff Walker songs, and I I sat down and learned it all. It's all ripped up and torn, and not much left of it now. I went through it. I beat it up pretty good. Oh, that's amazing. And you've had the chance to play Green Hall. 
So what is that experience like when you have that memory of seeing your first concert and then you're stepping up on that stage? How did that feel? The first time was super cool. I mean, you're just kind of, when there's music coming through the speakers, the whole building just kind of shakes and there's no, no heat, no AC really. And uh, I mean, it's just fun. You, you get up there, you play and you're, you're a ball of sweat if it's June, you know? And I mean, it's just, that's what makes it Green Hall. And that being my first concert just made it real special. Every time we come back there, it's, it's just great. Every time it's always a great crowd and you get to go eat at the gristmill restaurant right beside it. And that's, it's always one of my favorite things to do. Nice. That's, that would be our vacations growing up. It's going down there to New Braunfels. So it was fun. Awesome. And so a stage like that, is it almost like an Opry stage in the way that pretty much every Texas musician has gone through that hall and has played that stage. So when you're playing the mm -hmm. stage, are you thinking about those guys in the past who have stepped on that stage as well? I mean, yeah, it definitely crosses my mind and it's something, and it's like a venue you respect and it you're, you feel privileged to play there every time, you know? And so, I mean, you want you want to soak it in and have a few drinks and have a good time. It's, it's what it's all about. And the people down there are just, they're crazy. They just appreciate good music. And every time I try to put on the best, best show we can for those people. And I did see a post on your Instagram from February of 2018 that you had played a show there and you had a picture of a little girl leaning up against the stage. And you mentioned that mm -hmm. she, the whole concert, she was leaning there and just listening intently to the music while you were playing. Mm -hmm. And so what are those experiences like when you have these fans that are pulled into your music like that? I mean, it's cool. I mean, I remember when I was five, six, seven years old and just just glad to be there and just soaking in music. And those memories are like ones that you never forget. Like I always remember that concert with my parents just, I mean, probably sitting in their lap watching the concert. And I mean, that's what that's kind of what hooks you in from music is isn't something that you just decide you like one day. It's kind of gets kind of in you and it kind of finds you, I feel like. And I mean, those are special, special moments. And I always like when we get to be a part of somebody's musical journey, you know? It's got to be a pretty cool feeling when you think about you talking now about your first concert and how important it was. And now people are growing up and coming to your concert. And in 15, 20 years, they might look back and say, Grant Gilbert was my first concert at Green Hall or at another venue and how important mm -hmm. that was to their upbringing. That must be a pretty cool feeling. No, it's a really cool feeling. And music has a way to, uh, I guess Eric Church says it's funny how a melody sounds like a memory. Like when you hear a song, it can take you back to where you were or a particular time. And that's what I love about music. And uh, it does that to me a lot. And I hope our music connects some good memories to some people in a, a concert or a time when they were with people they were, they enjoyed or whatever it may be. That's awesome. So. And now with you and playing, I saw on the guitar, I think you started lessons about grade two-ish, I think I saw, but it didn't really stick. It was something I think that many musicians go through of wanting to play songs and not wanting to learn the theory behind guitar and learning it that way, but just wanting to play songs. And so when you picked it up and sort of started teaching yourself, what was that experience like and how, how quickly did you pick it up? I mean, I didn't pick it up overnight. There was a lot of uh, 
a lot of failures along the way. But uh, yeah, no, I started lessons and then I quit. And then I went to one of my buddy's houses and he had a guitar. He had like a Fender Stratocaster. And I was like, man, that thing's cool. And so uh, I asked my parents, I kept asking, I said, I want an electric guitar. I want a acoustic guitar. I want an electric guitar. <laughs> and uh, so we went to a pawn shop and I got like a little Yamaha guitar and uh, I started playing around on it. And then, and then I got an acoustic again and uh, really started digging in. And I got on YouTube and had that Jerry Jeff Walker songbook and uh, kind of every, every evening I'd go to my room, shut the door and try to sit there and play guitar. And then I feel like I could play guitar. And I was like, well, I'm going to try and play guitar and sing at the same time. And that was, that was bad. <laughs> and just, I figured out the whole thing with music and the whole industry is just being persistent. And if you want something, just keep on, keep on going at it, you know, and, uh, we found little, little victories, little victories have uh, gotten us this far and hopefully they keep adding up to a big one is my hope. And with the so. singing, is there, you had your cousins who fiddled. Did you have any members of your family who were singers who were, you were modeling yourself after, or was that something you really discovered on your own? Yeah, no, I just discovered that on my own. And the, I mean, I just was, I was obsessed with live albums growing up, like live at Billy Bob's, live at Green Hall, you know, whatever album, just a live album. Right. And, uh, that's what I was listening to. And I thought it was cool that you could just jump up with a band and record yourself and start singing. And so that's what I would do. And I would just learn all those songs, just kept singing and singing. And I had I had voice memos on iPhone, so I'd record myself singing. I was like, oh, I don't like how that sounds, so I'd change it, record it again, and, and just kind of learning how I sounded and learning my voice and what I liked and disliked. I'm still learning <laughs> every day, and with every album or song we record, I think I think I grow a little bit and get better, and uh, it's just been a process, you know? One of your first musical experiences playing out, I believe, was when your brother booked you for a show at the local Fuzzy's Taco Shop. And mm -hmm. so talk about that. And at that point, were you ready for that? Or did he do that sort of behind your back because he saw how much you loved it? Or maybe was he doing it as a joke? Or how did that <laughs> all come about? No, uh, I was... I was kind of wanting to play some gigs. I just really didn't know how to get at it. And everywhere I, everywhere I heard, they're like, you got to play two hours. You got to play. I was like, I don't know two hours worth of songs. I don't think. And uh, I'd gone to a couple of open mics and uh, my brother heard that the Fuzzy's Taco Shop down the road had, had live music. And so he was 15 or 16 and called him. And he's like, Hey, I got you a gig next Friday. I'm like, so I was like, I better start practicing and learning all these songs. And so I did, and um, we played it, and I made some gas money, and I was like, it's a lot better than mowing grass, like all my other buddies were doing, and so I just kept playing gigs, and I had a gas-burning truck, so I was like, <laughs> I better keep playing, and uh, so yeah, I started out playing for gas money, and looks like we're still playing for gas money, I don't know. <laughs> yeah what were those experiences like those first ones up on stage in front of people and not just in your bedroom making voice notes on your phone what were those like inside of you and just the feeling that you got playing in front of people I mean I loved it I was scared to death also at the same time I mean I play for an hour and a half and not open my eyes you know <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> I mean it, it was just one of those things just just learning and getting comfortable in front of people and uh 
and still now just even trying to make yourself uncomfortable and uh and really try and connect with people everywhere i can and uh back then i was just trying to come up with something to say between the songs to not be awkward you know but no it was a lot of fun and uh, i guess i was just really naive looking back some people like why how do you ever start playing music or why do you be i was like well i guess i was just naive and didn't know any better you know and so that's how, that's how we got here that's almost the best way to be though naive because i think we lose that as we grow up we almost become too aware of ourselves and we lose that and we start to get the nerves and we start to get that stuff whereas when we're young it's just like screw it i'm going to do this exactly like i mean that's what makes it fun is just knowing you want to do something, not knowing how to do it and the learning process. If you knew it all, it wouldn't be any fun, you know? So, I mean, I think that's what keeps like the, the hunger and the want to wake up and do it every day and, and meet new people and just make the most of it. Now, what did football mean to you growing up and sports in general? Um, aside from music, was sports almost bigger than music was sort of throughout your high school days? I mean, definitely sports were, I mean, I knew I knew I, I liked music, but I mean, I certainly didn't think it was an attainable career or a, a job that had returns that were, you know, I was like, I'd go to concerts in high school. I was like, man, that'd be cool to do that. But I, I had no idea where to start and didn't think it was it was possible at all. And uh, I mean, so I love sports. I love playing football, baseball and basketball. I mean, that's what I woke up every day to do. And that's what I spent all my time thinking about. If it was Sunday, I was. I was if I wasn't helping my dad outside, I was in front of the TV watching football all day on Sunday and Saturday mornings, waking up watching college game day, you know, and that's what that's what I loved. And if uh, I mean, if it would have been up to me back then, I'd be like, I want to I want to be a football player. But I mean, I'm I'm five ten, one hundred and seventy pounds. I'm not going to play football. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> so, I mean, I realized that pretty quick. I mean, after high school, I probably am done. So uh, I was like, well, I guess I better find something to do. And then went to school at Texas Tech and uh, just kept playing shows. My roommate and I, we were playing every Wednesday night at the Crickets Draft House in, in Lubbock, right on Broadway down there. And uh, that's that's what we were doing. We were, we were playing on Wednesday nights and we couldn't get booked on the weekends in Lubbock. So we'd take what we made on Wednesday nights and go to the bar or whatever it might be, you know. So, I mean, we were just having fun with it. And we were playing – we'd play at Buffalo Wild Wings on a Wednesday night from 10 – 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. in Lubbock, and there's nobody at Buffalo Wild Wings at 2 a.m. in the morning. I promise you. Right. And but we were glad to have it, glad to be there playing songs, and uh, just still going, you know. And was that Dylan Price that you were playing with back then? Mm-hmm. Yeah, him, him and I. We started playing together. I mean, from one of the first two or three shows, he started playing with me, and uh, we were just kind of in it together, starting out and having fun with it. And then my buddy Morgan Baker got joining the band pretty quickly and and Morgan still plays with us he plays lead guitar and uh he really kind of orchestrates the live show and helps with that and uh, I mean I just feel like that's part of being in the band is being in it together and I mean uh I got I get to write the songs and go out there and sing the songs every day but uh I just love being on the road with those guys the guys we have now I love them and they make it fun and and uh it's somebody you want to they're guys you want to go out and work hard for and not only do it for yourself, but for, but for them too. And for our whole management team that we have, I'm excited to work with and work for everybody, you know, represent. 
Right. And so when you went off to Texas Tech, you took agriculture economics. Now, at what point did your mind switch to thinking that this could be a career, that music could be something that you could follow? Is there a point that that kind of switched in? I was sitting in class. I mean, I'd imagine I was just like, dang, I don't want to sit in an office every day. As I mean, I like I like being outside a lot. I like uh, working outside, hunting and fishing. That's what my brother does. That's kind of our thing together. And and I was like, if I can do something to not be tied to an eight to five every day, and get a week's vacation a year, I mean, and just do something I get to wake up and feel lucky to get to do, I'll be happy. And, and uh, I felt like music was that thing. And I was dead set on doing it and I went to college, graduated and pretty quick after COVID hit and that put the brakes on it. And I had to take a step back and I was like, I don't know. I don't know what I have to survive and make money. I can't play shows. There's, I really didn't have enough going on to, you know, make anything happen to make enough money. And the, I didn't know whether to get an office job or keep playing. I was like, so I just kept playing and kept my head down and, uh, and was going to Nashville trying to write songs and met these guys from Riverhouse. And they've opened up a lot of doors and it's just been great. And there's been a lot of times of I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. And then other times I've found myself where I felt like I was supposed to be. I think that's that's kind of cool how how it works that way. Right. And now the Texas community of musicians, that is a big community, like the list, like Josh Abbott who we'll talk about in a minute, who has been really important for your journey. There's William Clark Green, who has also been important. Randy Rogers, Wade Bowen, Whiskey Myers, Cody West, Flatland Calvary, Parker McCollum, Aaron Watson, like all these guys and this community within the Texas music scene. How important was that for you when you made the decision that you wanted to chase this as a career? What did that community mean for you? I mean, that was everything. I mean, growing up, that was all I listened to was music from Texas, pretty much. And uh, and watching those guys, like like those guys come up and hit the road and like William Clark Green and Josh Shabbat, those guys being from Lubbock, knowing that you could go to school out there and, and, it, and you could make a living playing music. Those guys really just kind of opened my eyes and kind of paved the way that that I saw that we could do it. And so, I mean, that was our... That was our thing. We were like, oh, they did it. I guess, why can't we do it? We can try anyways. And so that's that's how we got started. And we hit the road and tried to just kind of follow that path and their blueprint and work hard and see where it, where it takes us. Those guys, I mean, they're the reason we do it. You know, they're paving the way. And in 2017, I saw a photo from a writing retreat that you had that included a lot of those guys that I just mentioned. And so talk about that process and where your songwriting was when you sort of entered this journey and what it was like when you began writing with these other Texas artists? Uh, songwriting back then was, I, I was writing some songs and about every, I don't know how many I would write, but there was very few that were any good. And, <laughs> right. uh, and I was just writing with those guys. I learned a lot on how to write a song like there's a process and uh, just being around them and being around the culture of all those guys and all those little big guys really opened my eyes and made me want to push myself as a songwriter and 
and be a songwriter even and that really kind of I feel like shaped me into what I'm doing now and I love getting to take that that culture like that Lubbock the Texas style into the rooms in Nashville and write with the the best of the best in Nashville and see what we can come up with and push the limits and try new things and new melodies and and maybe say some things other people wouldn't say you know just because we can say it in Texas, you know. So, <laughs> I, I mean, I just enjoy just mixing everything. I, like, I love getting to wake up every day in Nashville and go write a song. People think, I know, I don't know. I love it. And I mentioned Josh Abbott and the importance of him to your journey. Now, there was a show that you played at the Blue Light in Lubbock on your 21st birthday. Now, talk about the importance of that show and how that sort of snowballed into where we are today. Uh, that show, it was, yeah, it was my 21st birthday and it was after Jab Fest in Lubbock, which is Josh's big festival he puts on every fall. And the Blue Light is kind of like where all the, it's kind of the college bar, but it's where everybody kind of starts out playing and all those guys that were playing that festival that night. And that's the place you want to go after the festival. It stays open. And it's kind of everybody's home base there. And uh, we were playing, it was, it was my 21st birthday and we were having a good time and it was sold out. And it was, I don't know, it was, it was a big deal for, for me, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and Josh and Will and all those guys came and, and I'd never met Josh before. And he jumped up on stage and started singing and watching airplanes by Gary Allen with this and free fall. And we were just having a good time. And it was, it was one thirty in the morning we, after a bunch of drinks, we were all having a good time. And, Josh and I kind of hit it off and we started staying in touch and wrote a couple songs together. And, uh, he's, op- he's kind of, he's really shown me what to do and what not to do and opened up a lot of doors for us. And uh, it's been really good. It's, it's changed my path a lot. And now before you met him, I think I saw that you had a EP ready to go sort of in the 2017, 2018 range, but then you met Josh and that music got kind of scrapped and then you moved on to new music. Talk about that music that never got released. And when you look back on it now, what, what you think? I mean, I was, I don't know. We were all a bunch of kids just going in and making an album. And we, we were like, we're, we're going to go record us a 10 something song album. And we definitely didn't have the songs. We were just, whatever we wrote, we were just going to cut. And okay. uh, we were going to the studio and just, just trying to afford to pay for an album and do whatever we could. And, and looking back, we, he was definitely right. We definitely did not need to release that album, but it's, it's not what I wanted to hear at the time. You know, I was, I was excited. I was ready to go. And uh, um, I don't know. Those songs were just a bunch. They were a bunch of songs that we had come up with and written and, there were a lot of jam, like like just jam songs, and what we were into at the time as college kids, you know. And right. Uh, I don't know. We've changed. We've grown a lot since that, and uh, I'm glad we had that learning experience. But uh, learned a lot what not to do with all that too. So. Yeah, and so heading into the release of your debut EP, Loud and Clear, in 2019, you jumped in the studio with Dwight Baker. Now jumping into the studio with a professional producer for the first time, what was that experience like? Did you learn a lot within the recording of that EP? 
Mm-hmm. I learned a lot. I mean, we had never been in a studio of that at that of that level, and I was I was honestly I was like, "What are we doing here? We we have no business being here." And uh, no, that opened my eyes a lot, and uh, we grew a lot as players and as as an artist. I grew a lot of just learning what we can do and what what's out there. And Josh, Josh opened that door. He's like, I want you to come record with this guy and just see what you can do. And uh, I love Dwight and we've, we had a ton of fun making, making those songs and uh, I hope we get to do it again. I hope, I mean, I love going down there and making music so much fun, but uh, we've all grown as musicians since those songs because of, because of Dwight. And uh, I don't know, it's been a lot of fun. I'm proud of those, proud of those albums or EP that we came up with. Right. And now you did have an EP last year. So basically almost a year ago, you had an EP and now you're coming in with your new single. But I saw on Instagram, you had mentioned that 2021, it had the highest highs and the lowest lows. Now we kind of know the the highest highs because you were able to release an EP. You signed with Riverhouse Artists and Sony Music Publishing Nashville. Um, but as far as the lows go, apart from just, you know, what everyone experienced through the pandemic, what were some of the other lows that you experienced throughout 2021 that maybe you weren't expecting from this music career? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, it started 2021. I mean, I wasn't getting to play any music, you know, because the pandemic as anybody else was, but I felt like I was in a weird spot. Uh, it was just kind of like that. What do we do? And we had that EP recorded and uh didn't know what to do i hadn't met with riverhouse yet hadn't talked to them and uh i was just uh, in a weird in-between spot i'm not sure what to do and uh we, we met with riverhouse and we'd had the ep recorded and it had been sitting for a while like and oh, so okay. i thought like we put that out and uh it didn't get to come out as soon as i'd hoped so i mean i felt like it it kind of fell on it didn't reach as many ears as i had hoped it would and then uh we stopped with Riverhouse and that was a high and uh we played some good shows a couple good shows but I mean still just a lot of in-betweens a lot of band turnover and uh then towards the middle of the year uh my granddad got diagnosed with congestive heart failure and we lost him oh wow uh, New Year's Day this year oh so sorry to hear that it was just yeah it was just the whole that second half of 2021 was really hard and lots of ups and downs and uh, it was just a year that I was ready to get behind us. And, and then that happened on new year's day, 2022. And so, uh, I don't know, it's just been, it was a tough year, probably one of the toughest years I've experienced. And, uh, it was, it was just one I was ready to get behind me and just move forward. And so far 2022 is, has been great. And, then, uh, I'm really banking on the darkness before the dawn thing, you know? Exactly. So that's, well, that's where I am right now. What doesn't kill us makes us stronger, right? That's right. And so uh, just trying to learn from it and grow from it and keep moving forward. And were there any times during 2021 that you looked at your diploma for agriculture economics and thought, <laughs> oh, I better make up a resume? I mean, probably, probably uh, more late 2020. That was, I was like, golly, I don't know what to do. But uh, once we... Uh, once our river house thing started coming into the works, I was like, okay, we can do this. And like, it comes back to the finding yourself where you're supposed to be when, 
when you felt like you were lost at the same time, you know? Right. So uh, it's been a, it's been a really good thing for me and I'm very lucky to, to have it and have the team that I do have and uh, just want to work hard for them every day. And it's cause I know they're working hard for me in the office. So that's my goal. And now we do have the new single, she goes home, AKA the dirty breakup song. And it is coming a year after your EP release, which I feel like three or four years ago, that wouldn't have felt like a long time for an artist, but this day and age with, you know, streaming and the algorithms and needing to put out singles every couple of months, does a year really feel like a long time now as an artist to not be putting out music? I think it does. And I feel like you need to put music out like every, at the most like six months, like, like, I think within three months, you need to be firing something else, you know? Right. Um, people's attention spans, I guess, are, are shorter. I, I don't know. Uh, but it felt like a long time. And I felt like that EP didn't reach as many ears as we had hoped. And so it felt like an even longer time. I feel like that EP came out and it was just kind of like, oh, there, that was that, you know? And it, we didn't get to ride it as long as I had hoped. And uh, so I was really ready to get this new song out. And, with people being excited about it on TikTok and everywhere else and just constant like messages about, Hey, when are you putting this out? Is this out? Like it made me really excited to, to have this song out and it's, it's done well since it's been out. So hopefully it keeps on going. And now let's um, talk about the song because with your past two EPs, personally, as a listener, I can really feel that Texas vibe. It really has that Texas sound that you hear from, you know, the Randy Rogers, the Wade Bowens, the Josh Abbott's. But with the new single, it really feels like it has a bit of that newer Nashville to it more than uh-huh. your past music has. So do you mm-hmm. feel that as well? Yeah, I definitely feel that. Um, I think I've been influenced a little bit more by some of the Nashville sounds and one thing I've always loved in music and when I listen to a record I love the songwriting but almost just as much I love production on an album and I love to hear good production and big choruses and big sounds and I mean and synth in the background like it's it's a modern sound but I mean there's synthesizer and organ and there's there's not drum machines or anything it's just a very modern melody over like classic guitar tones and synthesizer and organ which has been in every single genre of music since day one so i mean it's a modern nashville sound but with i feel like a lot of classic influences that i do love like like the amps that are played on it they're 60s model fender amps with the les paul like it's nothing oh, nice crazy new going on but if you just just putting some spice on it and jonathan singleton i feel like he knew what we wanted to do production wise going to the studio and he, he brought it and he, he does what he does. And I think, I think that's why I loved it. I'm so proud to put it out. And I think that's what has made it great in a way. I don't know if, I mean, I'm sure everybody wouldn't call it great, but I'm proud of it. And the people that are listening to it seem to like it. So hopefully yeah. it keeps going. And with splitting your time between Texas and Nashville, is it important for you to mix those two together and not just always stick with the Texas sound or lose that Texas sound and move all the way into sort of the new Nashville sound? Is it important for you to mix those two within your music? Yeah, I feel like, um, I feel like I'm a country music artist from Texas. I don't know that I'm Texas country. I don't know that I'm 
Nashville country. I'm, I feel like I'm a country music artist from Texas, and I feel like I'm just toeing the line between. I got, I have a huge Texas influence, but also I'm, I'm in Nashville and a modern and very involved in like the modern Nashville sound. I love that too. And so I feel like I'm just toeing that line and hopefully, hopefully between somewhere in Texas country and somewhere between country radio is where I hope to be, you know, it's that little, it's that little just outside the, outside the box kind of music, you know? And so with Nashville and Texas, do you have a place in Nashville? Like, is that somewhere where you're going to be moving full time in the future? Do you think, or do you always see yourself splitting time between the two places? I mean, I can see myself in Nashville a lot, but I think I'll always be back and forth a lot. You know, I like, like I said, I like, I like being out in the middle of, in the middle of nowhere on our farm and, uh, and coming here and hunting and fishing and doing whatever. But, I definitely see myself in Nashville and probably a lot more here in the near future, just to, just to be in it every day and going to work and I'll be wherever I'm, wherever I need to be, I'll be there, you know? So that's kind of my thing. And so with the new EP or not EP with the new single, when you went in to record that, did you also work on some other music? Is there stuff ready to go that you're itching to put out that you have? Yeah, there's stuff uh, ready to go. It's, I mean, it's ready to go tomorrow, pretty much. It could be. It's recorded, it's finished, it's mastered. And I mean, we're already starting to work on music videos and stuff for the next round, of, for the next song. So, I mean, I mean, music videos already started. It's already part of it's already been recorded. And so, I mean, oh, nice. I mean, it's ready to go. We'll just, we're just going to ride She Goes Home uh, for a while and pretty quick, we're going to turn around and hit them with something new before the, before the summer. So I'm excited. A lot, a lot of new music coming in uh, 2022. I'm ready. And so can we expect the same, a similar sound to the new single, sort of that mix of Texas and Nashville? Uh-huh. I think you're going to hear a lot. Uh, this one, I think the next one's going to be a lot of tempo and a lot of feel good, uh, summertime love type of song. So, yeah. Uh, I'm excited to put it out. It's, I think this next one might be my favorite that we've recorded. So hopefully everybody likes it. I know everybody says that the next one's my favorite, but this one is, I'm, I'm excited for this one. And so. within your career, I mean, you're still young. And like we talked about, you really didn't get this itch to follow this as a career until college. And so this journey of finding yourself within music and finding what you wanted your sound to be, was that a bit of a journey or did you find yourself flowing into that pretty easily? Um, I knew, I knew what I, the music I loved and I knew the music I didn't like. So I knew I do what I didn't want to do more than anything, but uh, right. I felt like, I feel like our sound has just kind of been shaped of going through, going to, going to college and listening to music and learning what my friends love and, being able to pull influences from, I mean, Randy Rogers to Pat Green to Bruce Springsteen to Paramore. Like, I mean, just putting it all into one, you know, and just making that. That's what I feel like that's what country music is now. I mean, country music has so many different lanes. And uh, I think I'm finding, finding my lane and, and just working with the producers that we have and the artists that we do. And I think, I think it's just making me who I am. 
And with the writing, you talked about doing quite a bit of writing when you're in Nashville. Now, what does that look like? Is that music that you're writing for yourself or through Riverhouse? Are you basically constantly writing for others as well within that process? I mean, I'm just writing every day. I think I go into the room every day to write for myself, but uh, you never know what you're going to get. So if the song sounds like somebody else will pitch it to them and see if they want it. Or, I mean, if I happen to write with another artist, then we'll do that. And, I mean, maybe they'll cut it. So I've gotten one or two little cuts and uh, hopefully going to get more from other artists, but mainly just writing for myself every day if I can. And how exciting is it when you go into the room writing for yourself with sort of that anticipation of today could be the day that we write that next great song that, you know, gives you chills by the end of the day. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's exciting every morning. I mean, you wake up, I wake up and drink a cup of coffee and think about what what I'm going to write that day. And I mean, that's what keeps you doing it. Just waking up every day and you don't know what the day is going to bring. I mean, whether it's writing a song or whatever it is, that's why we do it. You know, it's it's good. I don't know. I mean, I love going and writing. It's kind of for the love of the game, you know? You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> and what does the next year look like for you? You talked about some really long drives on the road these days, getting to and from shows. And so what does the next year look f- like for you? Are you going to spend a lot of time on the road? I mean, that's the plan through. And I think as things continue to get back to normal and Things go back. We'll be playing a bunch more shows. I mean, I think we'll play a lot more throughout the southeast towards the fall and the, the Alabamas, Mississippi's, Georgia's areas. I mean, we're playing Texas a lot right now here in the spring and I think early summer. But as fall and then as school comes back in, we'll try to hit some of these SEC college markets and kind of grow to that out that way. So, I mean. I don't, I don't think we'll hit the Northeast anytime uh, over the next couple months, but hopefully that's my goal. Unless we get to jump on a big tour. Is that basically through your management? If you were to book a big tour, would you basically just hear from your management that, oh, hey, we have this tour opportunity? <laughs> yeah, our booking would definitely, they'd call in, but hey, uh, we got this tour. You want to do it? So, yeah, so WME controls a lot of that for us. Oh, okay. uh, Yeah. So, I mean, I hope that call comes in real soon. I hope. That'd be nice. But we'll see what happens. That's got to be exciting and a little frustrating at the same time, knowing that the call could come in at any time, but sort of Mm -hmm. not having any control over it at the same time. Only thing, you can stay by the phone and be ready when it rings, you know? (laughs) Thank you once again so much for listening and thank you to Grant for stopping by and sharing his story. Be sure to check out his newest single, She Goes Home, aka the Dirty Breakup Song, wherever you stream your music. Please also be sure to check out our website, countrymusicmademe.com. There you can listen to all of our episodes and also sign up for our newsletter to receive exclusive content and also stay up to date on all of our future guests. Just head over to countrymusicmademe.com and hit that subscribe button. You can also find us on any streaming platform. So if streaming is your thing, just head over to your favorite, search Country Music Made Me and give us a follow there as well. Thank you once again so much for joining us and we'll see you next time on Country Music Made Me. Music